Powered by Rev Media and in partnership with TSN, it is Season 5, Episode 1 of the Rain Dregs Hockey Podcast, and it is presented by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. And I, I kind of chuckle, Ray, <laughs> when I introduce Episode 1, Season 5 of the Rain Dregs Podcast, mm. because as our promo indicated um, in the last couple of days, I mean, honest to God, man, we didn't know we were going to go 10 episodes into this, but here we are well, launching in season five and uh, looking forward to another good year. Yeah. The few changes this year, season, but for, for five years, of course, we, unless you have people listening, unless you have people engaged in yes. what we talk about, whether it be news or nonsense, um, doesn't happen unless they listen. So it's pretty awesome. And thank you for, for listening. We'll try and, uh, Try and fill up the the podcast <laughs> with some good stuff this year. Couple of great sponsors, Canadian Club Whiskey. Um, you know, stays with us through thick and thin. <clears throat> Tim Hortons. We're thrilled to welcome Tim Hortons to the podcast. And among the many things Tim Hortons will be involved with on Ray and Dregs is headlines in each episode. We dive into the NHL's top stories, and we'll do that momentarily, Ray. But we always mm. like to, you know. Podcast to podcast, we look back on our life experiences and things that we did that week. In this case, in episode one, we've got several weeks, if not months, to pour over here. We're not going to take up too much time, but I, hey, look, Cammy, the Vancouver Canucks is busy. Riley, Maurice, they're busy. They've got soccer. They've got school. Mm-hmm. They've got everything going on. You're getting ready for uh, another season of, of NHL travel and everything else. So there's a shaving story that you wanted to tell that yes. I think most people in busy families, again, they're going to they're gonna chuckle with us, but they're going to go, yeah, they kind of get it. Yeah, that happens in my house too. Okay, well, I'll, I'll say this, Dregs. When your wife goes and gets her hair done, if you don't comment on it, how's that work for you? Not well. No. Yeah, not well. Every, every married man knows this. It, and I got to say, there are times I slip and it takes me a day or two to, to really notice. So this morning I finished my workout and I'm like, the hell with it, I'm going to shave my beard off. I, I don't even know when the last time I shaved it off. Like, I was going to so, say, are we talking about like, uh, you know, like a couple of weeks of, of, no, of stubble here or we're talking about no, beard? My, you got a my beard. Regular, my regular beard that I have okay. had for yeah. a few years. So okay. I shave it off. I get upstairs, like, you know, from working out and I, you know do the morning routine for the kids going to school and Cammie comes down and Reese, our 13 year old, they're there. They were there for like 40 minutes. And uh, so finally they're getting ready to go to school and I go, Hey, look at me. And they look at me and they're like, what? And I go, no, no, look at me. And Cammie goes like, is, is my hair screwed up? And I'm like, no, this isn't about you. And Reese is like, uh, Oh, Hey, your face. Good to know. And so I said to him, son, this is this is what 20 years of marriage will get you right here. So <laughs> is there like, an annoyance building or a slow burn? Or you were no. just come on, like I gotta get they gotta pay attention. No, I was actually amused. I was okay, I good. actually thought maybe I should let it go until the end of the day and see if anybody gets it. Or if anybody cares, I think is really. The, and so that's you know, and so I was like, No, oh, thanks, Cam. Good to see you too. Because yeah. she's been away at camp for a week too, so. right? <laughs> didn't quite register though. You had a good off season though, didn't you? You get in the family, yeah. yeah we had a good. we had a great off season. Um, some big changes. My oldest son Matt and his wife of uh, and kids have moved from Vancouver up to Trail, where we we're from, and they've 
bought a home and building a you know the next phase of their life there but they moved out of the house and uh, <laughs> into the suite that we have and Landon just retired in Germany and he came back a week later we got it painted and he moved in so uh, him and his wife Emily are expecting a baby in December, so we're Look super pumped for that. And the summer was going great, and we wrapped it up. We saw Coldplay on Friday, and oh. I'm telling you, if people get a chance to see them, there is something yeah. about them and their performance. Yeah. Um, we were at BC Place, 49,000 people there, two nights in a row, and it was amazing. It was just a, what a great show. Good for you. We uh, we we had a what the cabbage off season. Going? Yeah, cabbage, cabbage was right? good. It was too busy again, right? I think at one point uh, we had like in the 40s, let's say 40 people come through in 50 days. Well, you can imagine mm, no. what that is like. It's it's chaos, right? Um, and I'm sure that there'll be stories that percolate come to me over you know the episodes moving forward here in season five. Yes. There's a broccolini story, which I'll share yes. another day. Um, I guess the one that stands out the most was, there was a weird number of bears, black bears around mm. the cabbage this year. Like I had several encounters, you know, none that were super close. And you know, they're normally they look at you, you look at them and they run off into the bush and away you go. So Holly and I are painting. We're staying the stairs going down to the second tier towards the lake. Uh, and there's a tree right at the bottom of the stairs. Holly is doing the, the, I'm doing the runs. She's doing the sides, whatever mm. they're called, right? So she's got her back to the lake. And I run, you know, I, I walk up the six steps to the top to grab some extra stain or whatever. I look down, there's a black bear sitting beside <laughs> the tree and 10 feet from Holly. Like just sitting there. And I'm like, now what do I like what like instantly I'm like, so I can't say exactly what I said, but I, I kind of loud whisper, you know, it's one of those where Holly, get in the cabin. <laughs> and she looks up, she thinks it's like a garter snake or something, right? So she comes up the stairs. I'm like, there's a beep, 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 beep bear. And so, you know, and meanwhile, Tiny the Great Dane is just sitting there sleeping, oblivious to everything else. Oh, good to know he's looking world. out so, for you, eh? So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess the, the good part of the story is Holly didn't get eaten. But if this bear had wanted to, I mean, she was lunch. It was like 2 o'clock in the man. afternoon. So, <laughs> anyway, that was the point of excitement at the cabbage. And then things kind of settled down. Lots of news going on around mm -hmm. the NHL as we leap into uh, another season. And we're going to backtrack a little bit here because it is episode one. And mm -hmm. people want to hear your opinion on some of the stuff that's already gone down. So uh, again, we welcome Tim Hortons to the podcast, our sponsor for headlines. Hey, Canada, Tim's NHL trading cards are back with an all new set. So get ready to unpack the thrill and score your favorite hockey stars. Grab them before they're gone. Starting October 2nd, only at Tim's. Mike Babcock resigns as head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets amid a cell phone scandal. I've kind of sensationalized it by calling it a cell phone <laughs> scandal. But, I mean, even in a world of pro sport where, Ray, we shouldn't be surprised by much, did this not take you by complete surprise? I mean, I tweeted when Babcock got hired by the Columbus Blue Jackets, and, and you know, my timeline was filled with all the naysayers and the people saying, this is ridiculous, what are they doing, all of that. I mean, I, I guess you could conclude with any coaching 
job in any sport, it's probably not going to end well. You could not, no one could predict it was going to go sideways this quick with Babs and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Well, it didn't even start. And no. so that would be the, you know, where the surprise would be. I, I mean, as the story unfolded, like, it, it just made no sense. Like, why, if, if you're my coach and you want to get to know me and we have lunch yeah. and you say, Hey, what do you want to do? And I say, Oh, I, or what do you do in the summer? And I say, Oh, I like to play golf. And he's like, Oh, where'd you play? And I tell you 43 golf stories. What do you need to see any pictures for? Unless I feel like showing you a picture when I was at Bandon Dunes. Yeah. Like I, yeah. it just in, it makes no sense in the, there's gotta be a, a bubble of privacy that each person not player person has and and it doesn't matter if you're a veteran or a no, raw rookie it doesn't matter. but to intrude into it yeah is is really kind of remarkable here's the thing i so i i know you know some guys that you know including my son who um you know who were young guys and then retired as older guys and i said so if you're a veteran guy and he asked to look in your phone, like, what would you think? And you go, and they, to a man, they said, I, I think it would be weird. And I'd probably say, nah, you know, no, no, but they weren't really too bothered. I said, what if you were 20 or 22 said, for sure, I'm showing them my phone. And that where, and that's where it really gets off the road. Where does that come from though, Ray? Is it just, it's, the, it's the insecurity. Yeah. Oh yes. A hundred percent. It's insecurity. Yeah. It's like, man, I want the coach to like me because mm -hmm. I want to play. I want a chance. The, the crazy part is Mike should have had his own, uh, focus group to ask. He's got kids in his, in their twenties. Yeah. Like, like how did that even happen? What was even the thought of it? And then when you go a step further, looking back at it, to think that 60-year-olds are going to understand 20-year-olds is, is probably, no. it's probably a bad premise to start with. Yeah. And so um, it was shocking and embarrassing, and it, and it really, quite frankly, should have been embarrassing for, for Mike. And, I mean, that's, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think it goes without saying that's it. You know, you're not, not going to get another opportunity. And for Columbus... I don't know if those players would have been too upset, quite frankly, because I can't imagine they were jumping up and down when he got hired. And um, now they play for Pascal Vincent, who is, by all accounts, a terrific coach. He really um, is. Yeah. And, and a long history of being a terrific coach. And, man, he's got to get up to speed in a hurry and get his ideas in in a hurry. And, um, you know, things, things will have a little bit of a breath a little bit of different, a little breath of fresh air, I think. Yeah. And Pascal brings some experience, okay? Like it's a, yep. not NHL head coaching experience, but he brings NHL experience and he brings pro hockey head coaching experience. And they've just hired Mark Recchi, has been announced by the Blue Jackets as an assistant coach mm -hmm. as well. So it, it does feel like as, as significant, as mammoth a misstep as this was by Yarmo Kekalainen and the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, maybe it'll shape together and maybe in the long run, this will be one of the better things that happens to this team moving forward. But oof. You, you know what really needs stumble. to happen there? I think, uh, and, and I don't really have any 
knowledge of the upper echelon of that management, but I know Rick Nash is involved a little bit. Yeah. Rick yeah. Nash needs to be front and center. Yeah. He really does. I, I don't know if his family situation allows him to be. Oh, I think front he wants to be. Yeah. Well, I think he, he does. needs to be because yeah. Rick Nash brings a positivity, uh, a newness, uh, somebody that really connects with some really patient fans in Columbus. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, that needs to be the next step of however they get to that. But mm. I think Rick needs to be, and I don't know Rick Nash. I just know of him and I know of the way he has been respected throughout his yeah. career and post-career. He needs to be front and center there. And, and I definitely think he's, he's got an appetite for that in hockey operations. So yeah. we'll see how that evolves over time. Uh, the Ottawa Senators making big news. Uh, man, it feels like forever they've been making news, but this is positive stuff. Michael mm -hmm. Anlauer comes in now along with a series of mine owner, uh, minority investors and, and ownership groups uh, to help him buy the Ottawa Senators. So they finally, finally, finally closed the book on that. And he couldn't be happier. And, and this just feels like the right time and the right thing for that organization. And there's going to be ongoing talk. Okay, what are they going to do? Are they going to move? Are they going to build something downtown? All that doesn't matter. <laughs> what matters now mm -hmm. is those players are going to be treated like NHL players need to be treated on a consistent basis, right? Both at the NHL level mm -hmm. and at the American Hockey League level, because they've got a, a player's owner, as he describes himself, somebody who legitimately cares, and he's not going to be absent. He's going to be there all the time. But with that comes accountability and expectation, right? Right. So this looks like a good team. You know, they've got a favorable yeah. schedule, lots of home games right out of the gate. They stumble, then we're having a different conversation on the Rain and Dregs podcast. And rightly so, yeah. we're looking at Dorian, we're looking at DJ, we're looking at some of the other things. So it's nice to have that ownership chapter put to bed. Uh, it is, and it's been a long time coming. And in a, in a lot of different ways, it seemed like the team was going to be sold, then it wasn't, then it might have been. And, um, you know, and that's gone on for quite some time. I'll say from a player's standpoint, uh, I, in Hartford, the team was sold when I was there. It, and in the interim, when nobody really knew who was taking over, it it, it went for shite. It really yeah, did. Yeah. Because there's if there's no clear leader, there's no leader. And that's pretty much what was going on. And so in Ottawa, there was certainly some of that going on. Um, the one thing now is that you can't... You can't hide behind the chaos anymore. No. Because there is none. And this is a this is a team that is on the cusp of being a playoff team for a number of years because of the age of their core, right? The ability of their core. Um, and now they'll they'll feel the heat a little bit, those young guys, because it's not all gonna go great for them and they'll be up and down like there is for everybody else, but Man, yeah. they got a lot of good players there. Mm -hmm. And the the questions of resource and finance will disappear. Um, they'll be able to spend more on player development, on uh, recovery, on travel. Like, whatever it might be, there'll be less questions to be asked. And, mm. um, and also, like, I just thought in his opening, um, his opening remarks, I guess you'd call it, mm -hmm. I thought he just hit every note he needed to hit. I thought it was a, 
a really strong yeah. open for him. And now Genuine the players got to go play. Yeah, and the yeah. players now just got to yeah. go play. And they will because they're good. They are good. And, and you know, we're going to find out how good and whether they're sure. ready to take the next step. And that all comes in playing the games. You know, normally, and it's it's become tradition in the salary cap era, when you get to training camp, you're, you're clearly going to have the contract stories. Every team mm-hmm. has them. And whether you're, you, know, you have players who are going into the final year of their contract, coaches, managers, it doesn't matter. They, right. they, they can either be, you know, big news or they can be sidebars, but they're part of the discussion and what the media is after. What I didn't expect, Ray, and, and producer Zuby here is going to tee up uh, Steven Stamkos' soundbite. What I didn't expect last week was Stamkos, captain of the Tampa Lightning, addressing the media for the first time mm. and openly, openly talking about how disappointed he is that he and his contract and his future with the Tampa Bay Lightning wasn't more seriously or urgently addressed. To, to be honest, um, I've been disappointed in, in the lack of, of talk in that regard. So it was something that I expressed at the end of last year that I wanted to get something done before training camp started um there haven't been any conversations so are you willing to talk during the season or wait till after the season i i'm ready whenever so um i guess that was something that uh that i didn't see see coming but um it is what it is yeah uh, there he is steven stamkos captain the tampa Bay lightning and you know he doesn't say anything jarring or or you know that 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 is going to piss a bunch of people off but here's a decorated leader in the National uh-huh. Hockey League and and for him to come right opening camp and say I thought this was going to go differently um we just talked about Ottawa ownership I got to believe that Tampa Lightning ownership is probably probably got Julian Breesbon line one as soon as he heard the sound bites and going where are we here what is going on why did he come out the way he did well I'm I mean, there's a couple of reasons he comes out the way he did. And uh, first of all, that's a, that's a confident player. Like, you know, Stamkos, you know, like he knows his status with that organization. He feels where he is among the best players in the league. And he probably looks a lot around his team and mm. sees uh, Brandon Hagel and Tanner Janot signing seven year contracts. And he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, yo, over here, um, you know, you, you might want to think about it. So <laughs> if I were him, I'd be pissed off too. I'd want yeah. to know why. And somewhere in there, he said, you know, I can't negotiate my contract with myself. And I, I was quite surprised. I mean, there's, there's big stories around the league that are, you know, important in different markets. William Nylander in Toronto and Trevor Zegris in, in Anaheim or two that pop, you know, to my head right away. But this really feels significant Mm. and i'm for a franchise that doesn't make many missteps i'm not saying it's a well i guess i am saying it's a misstep i'm it's a misstep in there hasn't been yeah there's a misstep drags that there hasn't been communication about what the path looks like yeah Yeah. because there's going to come a time if it hasn't already where the stamp coast camp says okay what is the path Mm. i need to know Right. All right. So from one proven winner to another, and we'll wrap up the Tim Hortons headlines with this. Patrick Kane is rehabbing near Toronto following his hip surgery this summer. So he spent the summer rehabbing and and working with doctors in the GTA. 
Um, it sounds like he feels good, right? I mean, he, 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 you could see he was laboring, right? I mean, he tried oh, to play he couldn't through move. it. He no. couldn't move. When he went to the Rangers, it was really yeah. quite surprising to see. Uh, you know, I did their playoffs, and uh, it was surprising to see that he, you know, he's never been a speed burner, but he didn't no, have that no. turn and pivot and yeah. dart into open space. It just wasn't there. No. So let's just hope, you know, again, for the sake of the entertainment side of hockey, because he still has game left in him that, oh, that yeah. he's able to to come back. And we believe that he is. Uh, so because he's training in the GTA or recovering in the GTA, I mean, obviously there's been lots of Toronto Maple Leafs rumors, how they make that work. And, and people don't quite understand the collective bargaining agreement. He's not 35. He's 34. He turns 35 in November. But that doesn't apply to next year, meaning that every dollar that he earns, if he signs a one-year contract, that's going up against the salary cap. If he signs a one-year deal as a 35-year-old, well, there's bonuses that can be applied and it gets a little bit more flexible from a, a team perspective. But um, Buffalo wants him. Brother-in-law Donnie Granato would like to reunite with Patrick Kane. So would Kevin Adams. Good relationships there. But honestly, if healthy, and we believe he will be, won't he draw tons of interest, Ray, across the league, not just Buffalo, Toronto, and maybe a couple of others? Oh, I, I can't imagine that anybody that's a good team wouldn't be super interested in checking in on um, his health, um, what his skating is like uh, because he didn't lose his hands over the summer. You know, he didn't have, yeah. you know, that, that didn't happen. So they'll, if you're a good team, of course you're going to check in. Yes. And you might get told pretty quickly, no, I'm not interested in going there or here or, and maybe he wants to stay. Maybe he wants to go to Buffalo. Buffalo needs another offensive forward, like a, another foot. I mean, like, man, that, those guys can score. And they so to, to think of him, like, could you imagine him setting up on that, ah, on that right, on that right hash mark? And you've got Tage Thompson scratching yeah. the top of the building with his one timer <laughs> on the other side. You can see where yeah. it could fit. So I, Buffalo would be a, a team I would think of for sure. Yeah. But man, I, I think of teams that are right there that would be really interested. Now, some of it will depend on what their cap spot is in the time that he's ready to come back. Yeah. Right. So that, I mean, that's, there's some unknown to it uh, once he gets himself healthy enough to be able to sign. Those are your headlines. Thanks to Tim Hortons and a reminder, Tim's NHL trading cards are back with an all new set. So grab them before they're gone starting October 2nd. Our interviews on Ray and Regs are brought to us by Canadian Club Whiskey, introducing the first release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series, CC 15-year-old Sherry Cask. Our signature CC Classic 12-year-old whiskey finished with a secondary aging in Oloroso Sherry Cask. All the hallmarks of classic Canadian club with the added richness and sweetness of Sherry. Well, talk about hitting the ice in uh, full flight here, Ray Ferrero. We've got Mark Stone, the captain of the Vegas Golden Knights, joining us in episode one of season five of the Rain Riggs podcast. And uh, Mark, 
Take us back to uh, hoisting that thing. Uh, what a beautiful trophy it is. You slept with the Stanley Cup, my understanding, the first night. <laughs> Probably a short sleep, um, but best sleep of your night uh, of your life based on everything that you poured into it? Yeah, it was great. Um, obviously, one of the cooler experiences of my life, my the best experience of my hockey career. So, yeah. Um, just put a smile on my face when I woke up and see it, to see it, you know, you're, you're, you never think, you always hope you're going to win it, but you never know if you will. And to be able to take it home the night, that night, I didn't even know that that was a, a thing until Phil told me, uh, just let him know when you're leaving uh, and we'll, we'll get it for you. When did you know in, as you're going through the series and you get into the, into the last game, when did you start thinking, man, like this is right here. I, I can't even imagine how hard it would have been just to, think about playing the next shift uh it was pretty hard between periods in the second and third uh being up 6-1 um it would take something pretty monumental to to lose that one so we we're it was pretty hard to, to 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 take the smile off your face and 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 you know kind of be serious but um even phil uh walked in the locker room with a big smile on his face we hadn't, <laughs> we hadn't seen him really at all during any of the games so it's uh just remember him walking in with a smile and you kind of knew that we were probably gonna uh, seal the deal. Was it uh, was it all what you thought? Was it as hard as you thought? Was it as satisfying as you thought? Yeah, I mean, definitely satisfying. Um, and I think obviously some teams go. Uh, it's a lot harder. Uh, we 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 did it pretty. Uh, uh, I shouldn't say easy, but you know, we never faced elimination. I think that's pretty rare. Mm. Um, you know, we did it as smooth, I think, as we could. We didn't really have any injuries. Uh, obviously, Brissois was kind of our only injury, and you know, Hill came in and played just as well so uh, we were pretty uh, pretty fortunate uh, health-wise and I think you you listen to a lot of the teams it's you got to get a little bit of luck for that and, and we did you know it doesn't matter what others think outside of the organization right but when you're a team that has been built to win the way the Vegas Golden Knights were built to win a Stanley Cup and you know then you don't do it you come close I mean you come <clears throat> real close and you're not able to do it the naysayers start to develop a little bit did you guys hear any of the noise Mark even during an off season maybe takes back a year or two ago you know and you get back into Manitoba and people are saying I don't know man the Vegas Golden Knights they seem to be going the opposite direction I mean did you hear that and if you heard any of it how much sweeter is it when you take that Stanley Cup back into Manitoba and you say, look, we did it and it was worth the ride. Yeah, I mean, I still remember George after we lost to Montreal, everybody was pretty, pretty bummed. And, um, you know, he, he said he says, there's, you know, probably 28 organizations or 27 organizations that would kill to have the success that we've had uh, and just to stay with it. Uh, and then the next year we, uh, you know, come back, we ended up missing the playoffs. But uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, the confidence was there. You know, we still kind of laugh going into last season. A lot of teams had us booked to not make the playoffs, and yeah, it's kind of funny. You look at our roster; uh, we got some pretty, pretty damn good players. So uh, it was a little bit of a motivation, a little bit of a chip. So uh, worked out well for us uh, to kind of have that. Last season ends in spectacular fashion, but um, you know, it, it was a long year for you. You had you had surgery, you had to rehab, you mm -hmm. had to get yourself back, even for the possibility to play. What's what's harder? Is it the physical stuff or just being away and the mental stuff and wondering, am I really going to get there? Uh, I was pretty confident I was going to get there physically. Um, you know, I obviously had to meet a, a, quite a few goals and I was lucky enough to, to, to achieve them. Uh, a lot of long hours. Um, 
but the team was winning. Uh, that made it a lot easier. Uh, we came out of the break. I think we won seven or eight in a row. Uh, we started mm-hmm. playing our, our great hockey. So um, it's a lot more fun going to the rink, uh, watching the game and celebrating with the guys after when we're playing well. So uh, it actually made that a, a lot easier. Obviously, when the team goes on the road, it can get a little uh, little brutal coming to the rink. Uh, it's a little groggy, but um, mm-hmm. the spirits were great in the room. Uh, I think guys knew that I was uh, pushing to come back. Uh, kind of made me feel uh, a little bit more included. And um, nah, the year before when we were kind of on the downward spiral, losing games, it was it was for sure tough. But this year, uh, the team was playing great. So uh, it gave me uh, kept, that that made my mentality a lot better, knowing that uh, mm-hmm. if I get back, we were going to be, you know, built to win. I, I got to ask you about two guys I think just made, you know, I, I got to do a lot of your games, of course, as you, you know, we chat once in a while sitting there, but just watching and just the difference that maybe Bruce Cassidy made taking over, you know, a, a new coach in a new way and a healthy Jack Eichel, what, what those two guys meant to your team um, and, and the way you were able to go about your business. Yeah. I, th- I think Butch's style really um, blended really well with what we had, right? Uh, we had, uh, you know, seven, eight great defensemen that can play, um, you know, meaningful minutes for us whenever we need them. Uh, we got, the, you know, unbelievable depth at center. I think we're four. I take our four against most four in the league, right? And then mm-hmm. on the wings, we got guys that can complement those guys. And, um, you know, I think that was – he put uh, put in a system that uh, was good for us, right? We have big D-men. It's hard to get to the front of the net. Uh, our best skaters that do most of the work uh, in the D zone are centermen. Uh, so we put, uh, you know, they do most of the work for us, which is, you know, tough on them, but they're, that's the reason why they're, uh, they play where they play. Um, and that, I think that helped Jack too, right? Uh, Jack became <clears throat> one of the elite two, two way forwards. He was always one of the best, uh, you know, offensive guys, but now, uh, I mean, he's as all around as, as most centers in, or as, as any great center in the league right now. So, um, and I think that's only going to benefit us going into this season too. I got to ask you about uh, the the one play there. You you block a shot, you break your stick, you grab a stick on the way by the bench, and <laughs> it ends up in the net. Like when you watched it, like I mean, you obviously you see it; it's you doing it. But when you watch it, it it's almost remarkable how it all fit together, <laughs> isn't it? Yes, <laughs> it's <was> fortunate. <laughs> it's like destiny was there, right? Um, I like watching the clip of JW because, uh, you know, I blocked a shot and his hand moves right away, like oof, right to the right to the sticks. He knows it's probably broken. I knew it was broken. I kind of played a little bit uh, with the broken stick. And then once it went, uh, I'm, I'm one of the guys that feels so useless. I feel like there's you, you serve no purpose on the ice without a stick. So you may as well <laughs> right. you may as well just go get one. So I was like, I'm going to go get one regardless. And sure enough, I, I turned back to go into the D zone. And here we come three on two and. Yeah, it just turned out real well for us. Howard made a great play. I'm really, really happy that he finished it because it makes for a a great clip and a great story. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, your stick would have been easy to to pick <laughs> out there on the bench. You got that no kidding. I don't know whatever it is at the top of your stick, your knob. I mean, it would have been the easy one to grab. No, <laughs> exactly. I think it, if my stick breaks, it's the easiest for 100 percent the easiest one to find. <laughs> now, are you are you able to? Did you able to golf at all this summer? I know you used to play a lot. and You're real good, but can you play now? Yeah. Yeah, I played a few rounds this summer. Um, I was looking forward to playing a lot. Well, not a lot, but like maybe once a week, and I ended up breaking the wrist in the last game there. So um, yeah. kind of derailed me a bit for six, six, seven weeks. But I was able oh, to play yeah. four or five times this year. And, 
uh, get back out there. Got to play around with my brother and dad for the first time in years. So that was nice. Oh. Uh, and, and is it back? Is your game there still or no? You got to dig it a bit. Uh, I had a couple good ones, a couple bad ones. So uh, right. consistency's not there uh, with the way I'd like. But as you guys know, uh, if you're not playing, <laughs> hard, to, hard to stay consistent. No, no, no. Hey, uh, I was in Manitoba uh, when you brought the Stanley Cup back home, Mark. Um, just talk about that experience for mm-hmm. you, right? I mean, uh, hanging with your buddies, your family, going back to the rinks that you grew up on, the community that you grew up in and all that. I mean, as much as it is about celebrating with your teammates and winning something individually and celebrating as an organization, the ability to take it back to the grassroots, I mean, isn't that what it's all about? Absolutely. Um, you know, I said it, it is a long day. You're jamming a lot of stuff in there, but it goes by way too fast. Um hmm. You'd kill to have, uh, you know, three or four days and uh, and do more with it and, and actually try and, you know, maybe get a little bit, bit of downtime. But, um, yeah. yeah, it was awesome. I, I got to see so many people that, uh, you know, either fall, like I've said before, followed my career, had an impact on my career, just are huge hockey fans that, uh, um, you know, love this game. And uh, the Stanley Cup does weird things to people, uh, gets people giddy. So it's, uh, it's awesome to kind of see. <laughs> Uh, see their faces when they get to see it and see some of the names on it. It's, uh, it's a special day, no doubt about it. Now, I, I'm not sure. I guess I should know this, but I don't. Um, are your names already engraved on it? They are, yeah. I guess it's a pretty rare thing to do, but uh, we were able to get ours on before uh, before it started. Oh, awesome. So that was pretty, uh, yeah. That's what does that look like? Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I think, I guess most of the time you see it at the ring, ring dinners the first time, probably before your home openers when you normally get to see your name on it, but you don't yeah. get to show, you know, mom, dad, uh, friends and family. Uh, they don't get to see that. So for them to be able to see that, that was pretty sweet. So do you do you have much uh, info on when you guys get to do your ring dinner, when you get to what this what the banner unveiling is going to be? It'll be on opening night, of course. But do you guys know that yet? No, I mean, I think we've come to learn everything's going to be done right here. So you don't have to worry. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> It's going to be awesome, regardless. So we like to keep a keep it a, keep a little bit of a secret. We know where the dinner is. Obviously, I think we're doing uh, we're gonna have a nice dinner. Um, I'm sure, Bill, will make sure that everything's all dialed in for us, real nice. So uh, it's going to be yeah. pretty awesome. We can't uh, can't wait, and especially you know training camps can be long and grueling. That's going to be a pretty nice mm. uh, carry at the end of the end of the end of the week. How hard do you think this season is going to be, Mark? I mean, in so many different ways, right? Because anybody who's won the Stanley Cup, most people would say, yeah, winning it was crazy hard. It was incredibly difficult, but then you have mm-hmm. to defend and everybody's out to get you. Um, so that I look, you've never backed away from a challenge, so I'm pretty sure that that's going to fuel you and you're motivated by that. But how difficult do you think it'll be? Yeah, I do. I, I think early on it could be, could be difficult, but I, we're returning, you know, I think 19 guys. So I think we're going to be able to rely on our chemistry a little bit too, right? Um, uh, we know each other real well. Uh, we know we can do it together. So you can kind of rely on that kind of depth chemistry uh, that we have. Um, but we're motivated too. Uh, you know, I, I've used this example in the past. I mean, Alec Martinez went through one of the craziest uh, years years I've ever seen. Um, he probably could have just retired, uh, hung up his skates, uh uh, gone off into the sunset with two Stanley Cups, but um, it's addicting. Uh, it's addicting to do what we do. It's addicting to to, to try and win. So, uh, and I felt that. Uh, I feel that now. Um, you know, going through the the surgeries I went through, 
Um, Oof. You know, it's it's not easy, but um, I feel the exact same emotions that he felt. Uh, I just want to uh, keep playing this game and, and fight to try and do it again. How do how do you the last one for me really, Mark? Is like how do, how do you at the stage of your career? How do you keep yourself engaged, like to to be better, to get you know to to get to a next little phase that helps you combat the young guys coming behind you or the way the games changes? What do you have something internally? You go, I got to work on this, or I want to work on a specific thing. Um. Me personally, uh, it's all about maintaining the, uh, you know, the endurance, right? Uh, right. Always trying to get a little step, trying to get a little quicker. Uh, I know it's hard at this age, um, you know, harder to do. But uh, for me personally, I play a pretty unique game. Uh, I love when new, new players come in, uh, you know, <laughs> get to sneak up on them a bit. So, um, yeah, but it, it, it is different, right? I mean, I'm not throwing weights around like I used to. Uh, right. You know, now it's more, you know, maintenance, uh, keeping up with the quickness, trying to stay a little bit explosive, um, you know, because if I could even, like, try and gain a step at this age, it could probably help prolong my career. So I'll always continue to try and do that. Hey, actually, I lied. I got one more. I, 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 I was trying to think of a way to ask, but I'm like, one of my favorite things, Mark, is when they've got the cameras on you guys when you're coming in. How long does it take you to put your game look together because it looks like about 42 <laughs> seconds. And I, I ran a piece last year. I'm like, this is one of my favorite things. Cause you're so dialed in as a player, but you're like, hair's all over. Ty's oh, never God. done up. Oh, I love it. I just, I love it. Uh, I have a shower before the, uh, before I go get dressed. So I usually get the hair, uh, in a better spot before the, uh, before I head into the locker <laughs> ready. So, uh, but the music's so loud, you can't talk to anyone. So I'm just kind of sitting there, you know. Yeah. Oh, I just love it. I love it. You're walking down the hall. So good. Like, oh, it's just like, eh, he's fine. He's ready. To go. I, I yeah. love it. So good. <laughs> All right, Mark, we'll leave you this. We partnered with Got Your Back and Rub Media this year. And, and the premise, you know, one of the cool things that Ryan Rashog and the group does there is when they have athletes or guests on the podcast, they ask for somebody who along the way had your back, right? And we all have that story or stories. Is there anyone, or maybe it was a, a team or a coaching staff or a friend or somebody along the way that you really deeply believe had your back? And that's part of the reason anyway, you're a Stanley Cup champion and you are where you're at. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I guess off the top of my head, ironically, uh, when I got drafted, I probably was borderline going to get picked and a guy who really fought for me uh, was Bob Lowe's, uh, who ironically is with, with us here now in, in Vegas. Yeah. Um, he really fought for me to, uh, to get drafted for one, uh, to be given a chance to, to be a pro. Um, you know, he really was the guy who uh, kind of put his, uh, put his neck out there for me to, uh, to, to, to get Ottawa to, uh, you know, I guess use, um, you know, I guess, I don't even know what the word is, but use like all, all their resources to, uh, sure. to try and help me. And um, I owe a lot to him to help me get here. Awesome stuff. Well, thanks for doing this, Mark. We know it's busy. Training camp's underway. The preseason is underway. Uh, best of luck in trying to defend a terrific trophy, the Stanley Cup. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Yeah, good luck, Mark. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Cheers to Mark Stone, captain of the Vegas Golden Knights, for joining us in episode one. 
Coming soon, CC's 15-year-old Sherry Cask, the first release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series, on the shelf right in mid-October, and we mm. haven't even had a sampling. You remember the Chronicle series and the 41, oh. the 42, and 43, the 44, and the 45. I, I got to tell you, Drake, you know, yeah. Cammy's been away for 10 days. I will say a couple of nights last week. <laughs> Sample just a bit. Oh, just nice. a little snifter. It was nice. Good for you. It. I am intrigued by the 15-year-old cherry cask. I'm not going to lie. So thanks again to Canadian Club Whiskey. Ask Rain Driggs anything. You can fire your questions to us on Twitter and Instagram at Rain Driggs or on the website, rayanddriggs.com. We flushed all of last year's great. Hundreds of unanswered questions. And I felt, I, I, I felt shame. I felt we got to get better. We got to do better than that this year. Yeah, we do. Don't we you do. think? Yeah, we do. Um, but we're going to start a, a little light. You know, this is episode one. It's okay. Yeah, We've got yeah, episode sure. two later this week. So we'll have a few more questions, but we'll get to a few right here. Uh, we'll start with Calvin. Take us through your best golf stories from the summer. Maybe it was a great shot, a great round, a great moment. And also the funniest thing that happened on the golf course for each of you this season. Uh, well, I, I'm going to start with, a, I, I went to Cabot links with, uh, 15 other guys this year. How good great, is that? Great, great yeah. place. And so we have different tournaments set up every day and we get to the last tournament. It's a 54 hole tournament and I've got $0 for the week. I'm in last place, which is embarrassing and oh, also just, never happens. I'm going to pump your tires. Cause you're yeah. normally the guy that. Is I I get enough of I get enough shots that I'm a good partner. Anyway, I get zero. So the guy (laughs) behind me, who is a plus one handicap, this guy's good. Somehow in a he had a couple of ties in this thing. He's got 83 bucks. He's drafting second. So for the first time in our, it's been a dozen years. These trips have been going on. I had the first pick in the draft, and because I didn't want to go home potentially with zero dollars. I traded the first pick for $200. And so I, I, I moved up, I moved to the second pick. I let the, you know, the guy behind me take the first pick. I picked second, we won. And so I said to the guy that went first, I said, sometimes you're a GM, man. You got to make tough decisions. Sorry about that. Tough calls. I, I moved past him and we won. And so Good that was, that was awesome. As far as something funny, well, there, there's Lots always of funny moments. Yeah. I, I would say it's nothing is more amusing than watching somebody with their third crack getting out of the bunker. And it looks like they got a shovel in there. There's sand flying all over. I just love that stuff. And it happened on the trip and we were rolling it because the guy was good. He just couldn't get out of the trap. That so, I love so, that. So love that. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a couple of experiences. Um, I didn't play a lot this year. I was just too busy with fishing and entertaining people and, and all of that. I probably, by a scoring uh, mark, had one of my worst years ever. Like, I just shot 81 at Royal Ashburn this past Friday. was my best score of the year. Normally, I'll scrape it around. You know, I'll get into the high 70s, 70s uh, a couple of times. Didn't do that. So, I played pretty well on Friday. I was happy about that. But one of my favorite moments of the year, one of the guys I'm playing with is a good buddy by the name of Derek. Um, And par five, 
He's way to the right, and he's probably 80, 90 yards from the hole, hitting his fourth shot <laughs> on a par five. So you can tell which way this is going. And it's it's a kind of difficult par five. It's the third hole at Royal Ashburn. So he's on the right side, so he's got to get over a bunker. It's like a, a front middle pin, not the craziest heart, but he's got to fly a bunker just to get on in four. Jars it for birdie. Oh, jars so coming. Just boo-boo. In the hole. So, I mean, that 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 made me chuckle a little bit. And then at the Cabbage, we've got the executive uh, par three, an 18-hole course, which is mere minutes from my place. Played with my neighbor, Dougie, hole in one, 13th hole, oh. hole in one. It was a short little hole, like 117 yards, something like that. He hits like a – and he hits every shot like this. So, I'm going to say a low hook, which – it's hard to do on a par yards. three. How are you doing that? <laughs> but he hits the same shot every hole in the guy. Okay, so he 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 gets the hole in one. His tenth hole in one. Oh. Tenth. Have you had one? No. I've Actually, one. I I have, but I, I'm always I hesitate because I had one on a, a par three course years ago. Um Oh, that like, still counts. Him. Does it? How, I don't know well, that it how counts. Far, was it 100 yards? Yeah, it was like 110 yards. Something. Yes, it counts. It went in the All hole. Right. It's a hole in okay, one. So, it just doesn't feel Don't right, hold your breath good. waiting for another one. Say you got one. Okay, I will. All right, let's get on to some good stuff here and ask Grain Dregs anything. Not that that wasn't good. That was good. No. Um, from Stephen in Libertyville, Illinois. Do you think it helps teams, Ray, who go away for training camp? Meaning... You're not just at the mm. practice facility or the main rink. You get out of the city. You get away from your families. You bond mm. together. You build relationships. Might be great for the single guys and for the young guys, but is it great for the family guys? What do you think? Um, to be honest with you, I loved going away for camp. Okay. Just, I don't want to be away for two weeks because the season's long and you travel enough, but to go away for four or five days, I, I loved it. And I think most players do like it. You know who doesn't like it? The trainers. Yeah. Is because those poor guys got a long year in front of them and they got to pack up, you know, 55 guys worth of equipment and all the extra junk that they got to get there. It's, it's a lot of work, which is probably why teams don't do it as much as they used to. I should have asked this maybe right out of the gate and asked Rain Riggs, I think, because it, it kind of takes us back to our headline segment. Um, but this comes from Greg in Alberta. Do you think Julian Brisebois, the general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning, is wise not to overcommit to Stamkos before he knows what he's capable of? I mean, 22-point um, regression over the past couple of seasons. So Greg is asking, what if there's another 15-point drop here? He is turning 34 this year. So I guess to, to, to summarize, the business side does take over the human side occasionally before they find that comfort zone, that happy place, the middle ground. Well, the uh, yeah, I mean, of, of course you don't want to overcommit. I mean, nobody wants to do that, but we don't even know what the ask is from the Stamkos camp. If he's asking for six years, I'd say, forget it. It's too long. Yeah. But, you know, like, did, I, don't, I don't have stats off the top of my <clears throat> head, Dregs, but I mean, like, he had 30 goals again last year, didn't he? Yeah. 35 goals. Like, is he, Numbers weren't is he bad. Gonna, no. Like, is no. he going to go to 12 goals? No. No chance. No. 
the other part is that you got to be careful with Tampa is that they're still in the win now. Mm. You know, that, that will determine a little bit of your commitment to your older players as well. I mean, look at Pittsburgh. They've got, you know, the core of their teams in their mid thirties and they go get Eric Carlson. That to <laughs> me made sense only because you're trying to win why Malk and Crosby and Latang are, are still yeah. really great players. Um, that doesn't work on a, on a building team for, yeah. for me. So yeah, I wouldn't want to overcommit, but um, the tough, I think one of the toughest battles a GM fights with star players all the time is reality versus loyalty. Mm-hmm. And you can get burned on the loyalty side either way. If you show none, yeah. you get, you get beaten up pretty good. And if you show too much, you end up with a player that can't do what you need them to do towards yeah. the last couple of years of his contract. Just quick follow-up, uh, and then we'll wrap up here. I, I know you were intrigued by the Pittsburgh Penguins a year ago, mm-hmm. right, going into the season. Maybe they've just got enough juice left there. So you bring it up. I mean, maybe you should have touched on it in headlines, but they add Eric Carlson, other pieces to the mix. Are you more <laughs> intrigued this year sure. going in, or you just think that even though they've added Carlson, Norris Trophy winner, um, and they'll add other pieces. They're, they're they're just probably not there anymore. Well, I, I think they're a playoff team for sure. Just think of last year; they missed the playoffs because they couldn't beat Columbus and Chicago on the last weekend of the season. Mm. Like, how did that even happen? I know. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, I think Latang has a better year because he has he's able to do less because of Carlson. Carlson's not going to get a hundred points, I don't think. But man, he's a He's going to fit. That power play becomes way better. Uh, yeah. They they made a lot of change to the bottom half of their roster. They're going to be faster, which Mike Sullivan wants to be and likes to play that way. It might all come down to what Tristan Jari can do in goal for them, because he had a sense. he had a pretty spotty year last year, um, mm. injury wise. Again, they need him to be really good. Uh, I think he can be. Uh, and Pittsburgh does, they intrigue me for sure. Excellent. All right, buddy. What's the rest of your week look like? I know you're prepping hard for episode two, but aside from that, what, what's the um, rest of the week look like? You know what? I'd like to still play some golf, but we're, I'm going to need an arc this week out here. We have. Oh, uh, raining. Hmm. Oh, and we're getting the, what do they call that thing? The atmospheric river is so, which basically is a really scientific way of saying you're going to get a hell of a lot of rain which is what we're getting this year or this week. So got some stuff to do, yeah. got, you know, but I'm not going to get out and play. I, maybe Thursday, maybe Thursday, but uh, mm. I'll be ready to go for episode two, Drags. How about you? Uh, I, uh, you know what? Insider trading, we've got that wheel turning. Very slow, very slow with training camp. A lot of focus on, you know, the, the contracts and things like that. Oh, but that'll spin and, a little quicker as it gets closer to the end of camp, won't it? Correct, yeah. And... You know, preseason is underway in the National Hockey League, but uh, actually got a couple of Leaf games coming up Friday and Saturday. So lots going on. I don't know if you've heard, Austin Matthews is going to kill penalties this year. You may have heard that. Apparently so. And and John Klingberg is a quarterback of the power play. I have heard those two breaking stories. (laughs) Get on that, would you? (laughs) I will, buddy. All right. Well done, as always. And uh, we'll check in again with you later this week. You bet. Have a good one, Drakes. We'll talk to you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk soon.
Yeah. Thanks to our sponsors who continue to support Ray and Drake's here in season five and make this podcast possible. Our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey, and welcome aboard Tim Hortons. As always, thank you to you for listening, rating, sharing the podcast, and for following us on the Ray and Drake's YouTube channel as well. Until next time, stay safe, everyone.